0: equestrian federation is hoping its performance at the 2015 pan-american games signals a strong performance at the rio olympics next year and maybe even benefits a u.s olympic bid you're listening to the latest edition of atr radio i'm nicole bennett Will Connell, director of sport for the United States Equestrian Federation, spoke with Around the Rings on Monday and said that he was disappointed last week to hear news that the U.S. Olympic Committee and Boston leaders were dropping the city's bid for the 2024 Olympics. He said federations like the USCF would only benefit from a U.S. Olympic bid. Connell said that it's business as usual at the United States Equestrian Federation, with athletes, of course, setting their sights on Rio.
1: We had a mission in going to Toronto, eventing and dressage needed to qualify for Rio uh, and that was the primary mission. Uh, We wanted to win medals across the board. For show jumping the Pan Ams was very much one of a number of competitions. Uh, We achieved our primary targets of qualification. so. Really what the Pan Am's has allowed us now is that that road to Rio is is open and in front of us. For show jumping specifically, I think you have to look at the last few weeks as a whole rather than the Pan Am Games. Specifically, you know, the week before Pan Am's, five days before the Nations Cup in the Pan Am Games, the team competition, and a totally different American show jumping team was winning the team competition in Mannheim Germany and uh, winning against the Germans on home territory is never easy and you know seven days eight days after the Pan Am's in Hickstead this this past week they were third so I think what it has demonstrated is across the board that, uh, that the teams have really been able to get behind a mission get behind achieving a target and deliver under pressure Uh, and and for those that think winning medals at the Pan Am Games is easy uh, I must admit as a European uh, I went to the Pan Am Games thinking yeah this isn't this isn't quite what we faced in in Europe at the European Championships but the standards are now incredibly high Uh, and everyone was talking about how the standards had improved over over four years and in all three disciplines we, we really were chased to the finish line and um, that put the riders, the athletes under enormous pressure and, and they delivered. So for me, it was uh, mission accomplished, but it was also a great rehearsal for, for the Rio Olympic Games. And that's perhaps where in the Americas we have a little bit of an advantage in that we get this multi-sport, multi-discipline rehearsal a year out from the Olympic Games. But I think it's also put it out there a year out from the Olympics, you know, how much support we get from our owners and how excellent they are and our sponsors and uh, those that support us through the foundation. And I think, I hope it's given them confidence that we can deliver under pressure uh, and that they'll continue to support us through to the Olympics.
0: You mentioned Rio, of course, the road to Rio. uh, They officially mark their one-year countdown this Wednesday. So what's ahead for U.S. Equestrian? What would you say is the biggest obstacle you guys will face on the road to Rio? I'm
1: I'm not a great fan of talking about obstacles. There is an elite sport, which is what this is. It's elite sport. Uh, There are always challenges, and, and everyone's trying to win those medals as hard as we are. Um, we need to focus on what we can deliver, uh, what we can do. There are things we can't change, you know, it's a, we've got to fly to Rio, um, we can't change that. There are accreditation restrictions, we can't change that. The accommodation is incredibly expensive, uh, we can't change that. I think we go through, you know, really a period of consolidation after the, the Pan Am Games and and through to training and then competition selection and then uh, preparing that final preparation before we fly to Rio Uh, we will be looking uh, to up performance in certain areas of course uh, and that will be for a combination of centralised and individual training and we will be preparing partly in Europe and partly in the US Uh, but I think there's no point worrying too much about what everyone else is doing. We have to focus on the plan we have in place. The the, the team staff we have in place are, are outstanding and they will be communicating with the athletes' own coaches and vets and farriers, etc. Um, and I think the the key thing is is really getting out there and talking to the athletes and the owners about what the restrictions are in Rio, what the plan is so that pre- people can mentally prepare themselves for the Olympic Games. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that, that those that mentally prepare and are able to deal with the pressures of the Olympic Games are the ones that win medals and those that don't deal with the pressures of the Olympic Games do not win medals. Um, we know it's going to be expensive, we know there's going to be hassle around transportation or restrictions around transportation no it's not like London where you can jump on the tube or go for a walk in the evening on your own or just decide to go uptown and get away from it all that's that's not going to be possible in Rio and so we'll be working very hard to help people prepare for that.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, aside from Rio, what's ahead for U.S. Equestrian? And and you've said it's it's business as usual, but always, obviously, Rio will be on the horizon. So um, shifting gears a little, uh, I think the last time you and I spoke, we did touch on the bid race for the 2024 Summer Olympics. Do you think the success of U.S. athletes in Toronto at the Pan Am Games benefits a U.S. Olympic bid in the long run?
1: Well, as I said, yes, it is business as usual, but we really are focusing on putting place now enhanced programs that will take us through to Tokyo and beyond. Um, and if I look back in the UK and I'm seeing riders selected for the European Championships this year, who I remember coming on to development programs in the United Kingdom six or eight years ago. Uh, and so, our programs need to be working with young riders now that would probably be meeting their Olympic expectations in, in 2024. And um, I have to say I found it incredibly sad when the Boston bid um, was withdrawn. Uh, I really hope that uh, the US is able to, to put in a successful bid for 2024. There's no doubt that our home games it's just the most wonderful experience and of course there will always be critics around the cost etc. But having lived through a home games cycle, when you reach the conclusion of it and you look back, it's, it's a combination of pride, enjoyment, it's a learning journey, it's just something you don't get anywhere else in sport. And I hope, and part of the success of the home games is seeing athletes from the home nation standing on the podium. I can remember in London when British athletes were on the podium in the equestrian venue, the atmosphere in that stadium, and not one person left, was was truly special. So I hope that uh, the American public can see that American athletes across the board can stand on the podium on the world stage, and that that... Gives an Olympic bid um, fuel. Gives it an emphasis as being something special. Sport, sport can change. It can change psychics. It can change an environment. It can. It can bring a fabulous feeling of achievement and pride. And for the U.S. not to have a home Olympic Games is, is would be so sad. I mean, just. For me, not acceptable. We have to win a bid. We have to win the Olympic bid, Olympic and Paralympic bid uh, for the U.S.
0: So of the three that are being tossed out, discussed right now as a replacement bid for the U.S., you've got Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. From your perspective, who would you say is the front runner of that group?
1: You know, my job is to put in place and run programs for equestrian sport and uh, one thing I've learned in life is is when you want something done well go to an expert in that field. Um, I'm not an expert in winning an Olympic bid. I can help a team prepare for and develop at, uh, and deliver at an Olympics but winning a bid is, is an art in itself. And, and out of those three cities i've only been to one of them so i'm absolutely not qualified to make a judgment but i hope that whoever comes together to make that decision is a world-class expert in how to win a bid if you look at london's journey you know definitely the people that were in there right at the beginning knew how to put together a bid that would win the support of the IOC and the public. And that's a real skill. And it's, it's essential that we do that. Uh, I mean, to not win the bid is it would be very, very sad. Not just the Olympic Games, but the Paralympic Games as well. You know, when you you, you go to the Paralympic Games, it's inspirational for many people. So I don't know out of those three cities. Uh, I wish I could fast forward and see which one has won the bid and tell you and then get out a lot of money on it. But um, for me it's more about let's make sure we have a body of people in place who are experts at winning a bid. Because that's what we've got to do. Once we have won the bid, yeah, I'm going to be screaming about how I want to prepare for the home games. Uh, But I'm not the expert on how to win a bid.
0: That was Will Connell, Director of Sport for the U.S. Equestrian Federation on the road to the 2016 Olympics and the prospect of a future U.S. Olympic bid. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.